Class is a memory of Jared Ochen, and today we're going to learn about the mitzvah of Pidyona Ben, redeeming the firstborn. What is, where in the Bible we see, we'll have a journey in the Bible about the firstborn. It's amazing to see how many times in the Bible is mentioned the idea of the firstborn and the mitzvah of redeeming the firstborn. It's one of the mitzvahs that are written the most in the Bible. It's, a, it's shocking to see how many times this is written. Where we see in the Bible the first time that the firstborn is something unique? One lab boy. Isaac. Isaac. One lab boy. What? One lab boy. I'm talking about where you see the firstborn boy is special. Isaac. To be a firstborn. Isaac. Where you see from, well, Isaac is not a firstborn. Oh, he's first born to... to we to have seen the Bible that a firstborn is something special. Egypt? You know. So that wouldn't be Reuben. You know. Will you see that being a firstborn is something special? Oh, well, with Jacob and Esau. Jacob is trying to buy the firstborn right from Esau. Obviously... There is something into it, right? That's number one. Then we see if Jacob is trying to buy it from Esau, he's telling him, for, if you want the lentil, send me your birthright. Obviously, birthright is carrying something. That's the first time in the Bible we'll see it. Where's the second time? Well, Reuben loses his birthright. Um, in the Bible, mister. Well, it's in the Bible. In the Bible. <laughs> it's not in the Bible. Very good. Menashe Ephraim. Jacob is switching his end. The right hand they wanted to give to the older <coughs> son, and the left, obviously the older son miss, means something. And when he gives them to the older son, to Ephraim, he says, I'll give him the extra blessing that belongs to a firstborn. That you see here already again, that the, the firstborn gets a double portion. <coughs> again, you see in the Bible that the firstborn gets something unique. Right? Absolutely. Hello. <laughs> Very good. Then this is the two places in the book of Genesis that we see that the firstborn that we see before anything, from the day of creation, the firstborns were unique. Naturally, people gave more credit, more respect, were more cherished. The firstborn were more cherished. Adam and Eve. Adam was the firstborn, obviously, right? Of the world. Not so much with Cain, though. One second. Sorry. I said, where is it written? I don't say everywhere it's clear. The first, you see, naturally, it's evolving the idea of the first book. Now we'll go to this week's portion. Um, page 277, almost by the end of the parsha. After God convinces Moses to become his messenger, the redeemer of the Jewish people, God tells Moses, in top of page 277, number 22, you must say to Pharaoh. You must say to Pharaoh, this is what God says, Israel is my son, my firstborn. I have told you to let my son go and serve me. If you refuse to let him leave, I will ultimately kill your own firstborn son. Okay, let's stop right there. My son is the first of all, here we hear the first expression that the Jewish people, the firstborn son of God, means to say they are number one, the most important. This is to a point, a information agreement that when Jacob bought the first, the birthright from Esau, God agrees with that. He says, Israel, Israel is Jacob. Israel is my firstborn son. That means God agreed with Jacob's, if you want, buying the, the birthright from, from, from Esau. And what God tells, his, tells Pharaoh, measure for measure, you let my firstborn son go, I will let your firstborn. If not, I'll kill your firstborn son. That's the first story. The first time we see the firstborn. Moses did not tell it to Pharaoh. First of all, God, that God threatens with the tenth plague before anything happens, right? Then God ended up to do another ninth plague, and only then was a tenth plague. Why was nine plagues before? God tried to save human, human life. 
He tried to give him plague with blood and with fog and with and so on and on. All the other nine, all the way to the to, to darkness, to try to convince Pharaoh to let people go before anything bad happens. But it didn't work. Then he had to do the tenth plague. Then here we see that the Jewish people, the, the firstborn, really the firstborn level, got involved in the exodus from Egypt. That became the firstborn, an issue, a mitzvah, an importance. Until not, but before already we saw firstborn are treated unique, treated differently. Even Joseph, you can say that he was treated unique by Jacob because he was the firstborn of Rachel. Not the firstborn of Jacob, but the firstborn of Rachel. Now we'll go. That's in the begin in the begin in the in the beginning of Exodus. Now Quick we'll go. For you about the, yeah, the please. Uh, if Israel is the firstborn, then other nations must be second and thirdborn. Doesn't this mean that all nations then are are sons of God or children of God? First of all, every human being is a son of God. Uh -huh. He's a child of God. Absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely. And, and many commentators see it this way. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely, every human being is a, is a is a child of God. The Jewish people, the firstborn, what, what do you expect usually from the firstborn? To be a role model, to take responsibility. That's what the firstborn is. You want your first, if you're firstborn in a family of three boys, if the, if the oldest goes the right way, usually it follows suit. It's much easier. Then the firstborn is the role model. And the firstborn is, it's one of the, we'll go to the end already, one of the explanations of the importance of firstborn in Kabbalah is the firstborn gets a double portion of the spirit of his father, of the soul of his father, so to speak. He's more the continuation of his father than any other children, firstborn son. In this sense, you can say the firstborn son Israel is more a double spirit of God, continuation in the world, bringing, representing God in the world. Like the firstborn represents the father stronger than the other children. That's why in Jewish law, a firstborn gets a double portion in, in uh, inheritance. By Jewish law, the firstborn son gets a double portion. Gets 20%. Because he's a, he has more of the spirit of God, it's of his father. Yeah, I think it's also interesting to note here, especially this time of year, I mean, Israel is the, quote, son of God. Well, we hear about, uh, you know, in Christianity, the son of God being something... Uh, literal, well, it, it's a metaphorical term. It's here. a metaphorical to everybody. Yeah. To every, you're right. Now we'll go to Parashat Bo. Um, we'll go to page 307. Moses is telling Pharaoh about the 10th plague. Excuse me. Yeah. Is it the firstborn son of the father? Uh, or is it of the mother? It's interesting that you're mentioning it. We will learn it in a few more minutes, but if you want, I'll tell you already now. It's a f in this issue, it's the firstborn of the womb of the mother. For inheritance, another thing, it goes by the father. Jacob, for example, if he would have the mitzvah of Pidyon Aben redeeming the firstborn son, he would have to do four Pidyon Abens, because it was the firstborn of Leah was Reuven, the firstborn of uh, Rachel was Joseph. The firstborn of Bila, I think, was Issachar. And the firstborn of Zilpah was a, was a god. You understand? That he had four, four women. The firstborn of the womb of the mother. But when it come to inheritance Jacob's estate, Reuven would get the 20%, the double portion. Not Joseph and not uh, God. And not, you understand? Because there is two separate types of firstborn. In this issue, it goes by the mother, the first of the womb of the mother. It has to be redeemed. It has to be redeemed. Okay. And that now, says, go now ahead. technically, can, because of an act, can a person lose their right? Like Ruvain obviously had an issue, but technically, halakhically... No, you cannot lose your right. You don't no, lose your right. No such thing as losing the right. Okay. No, and that's written in the Bible. You cannot, if you have, uh, you have two wives and one you hate and you and you love, and you cannot say, oh, I'll give the firstborn of the loved one, not of the... You have to give to the person who was given firstborn. No such thing. You cannot lose it. No. Firstborn, you're firstborn. Now, we'll read here what happened with the, how the firstborn evolved. God said to Moses, chapter 11. God said to Moses, there is one more plague that I will send against Pharaoh in Egypt. After that, he will let you leave this place. 
When he lets you leave, he will actually drive you out of here. <laughs> you know what? Let's skip this. We go to the to number four. Moses said to Pharaoh, in God's name. Moses said to Pharaoh in God's name, Around midnight, I will go out of the midst of Egypt. Every firstborn in Egypt will die, from the firstborn of Pharaoh sitting on his throne to the firstborn of the slave girl behind the millstones. Every firstborn animal will also die. Mm-hmm. Continue. There will be a great city of ang- a great cry of anguish throughout all Egypt. Never before has there been anything like it, and never again will there be anything like it. But among the Israelites, a dog will not even whine, because a man or be- uh, because of man or beast. You will then realize that God is making a miraculous distinction between Egypt and Israel. Okay. Then God says the firstborn Egyptian will die, and He will save the firstborn Jewish kids. That He will save. And then on page three eleven. The Torah continues with that. Why, why the firstborn animals and the firstborn everything? <coughs> because the firstborn, that's, that's the important one. The firstborn are the important one. Because, again, because it's a reflection of the Jewish people. The firstborn Jews, the Jews are the firstborn. That anything that, you, if you don't let the Jews go, anything firstborn will go. <laughs> that was the idea. Now, on page 311, he says in number 12, um, Mark, you want to read? <coughs> I will pass through Egypt on that night, and I will kill every firstborn in Egypt, man and beast. I will perform acts of judgment against all the gods of Egypt. I alone am God. The blood will be signed for you on the house where you are staying. I will see the blood and pass you by, Pesach. There will be not any deadly plague among you when I uh, strike Egypt. That God says again, I will save the Jewish people, the Jewish firstborn. And... That he says the same thing at page 313. Before we get there, how does that, you know, how do the gods of Egypt affect the firstborn here? It doesn't say it affects the firstborn. Why it says, I will perform acts of judgment against all the gods of Egypt. Yeah. All right, is that in some way re- related to the firstborn as well? Because there are many who say that all the plagues are somehow tied to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An but which god. one exactly? Uh-huh. I don't know. I, I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. And page 313, number 27. Excuse me, yeah. a question on that. Say, God forbid, there should be Jewish scoffers in Egypt, and they're like, I'm not putting any blood on my, my doorpost. What, was there an understanding as to what happened Very to the firstborn? Yes, yes, Did yes, yes. say somewhere that God would pass over those houses also? Yes. Mm-hmm. Not only this. Even those who were sitting in the bar and having a drink on the Seder night together with their Egyptian friends, even they were saved. Yes. But I'm sure there were <laughs> more, more than one guy who said, I don't care for the Seder. I have more important things to do now. Yes. Well, wasn't it what, four-fifths of the Jews actually stayed Even there? them, yeah, but... But no, the they stayed behind. Bo- they stayed. You're right. The firstborn did not die on that night if they were Jewish. Now, on page 313, number 26... Your children may then ask you, what is the service to you? You must answer, it is the Passover service to God. He passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians, sparking our homes, sparing our homes. The people bent their heads and prostrated themselves. The Israelites went to did as God had instructed Moses and Aaron, they did it exactly. Okay, now we'll go to... Where is it? Page 317. Commandment, commemorating the Exodus. God spoke to Moses saying, Sanctify to me every firstborn that initiates the womb among the Israelites. Among both man and beast, it is mine. Okay, here God says clearly, the first bone belongs to me. Right? That's the first time you hear this word. Till now we are the first bone, can you first bone, not can you first bone? My first bone son Israel, here God tells the Jewish people, the first bone belongs to me. Why? Turn the page. Consecration of the firstborn. Here comes the explanation. Continue. There will come a time when God will have brought you to the land of the Canaanites, which he promised you and your ancestors, and he will will have given it to you. 
you will then bring to God every firstborn that initiates the womb. Mm -hmm. Whenever you have a young firstling animal, the male, the males belong to God. Every firstling donkey must be redeemed with a sheep. If it is not redeemed, you must decapitate it. You must also redeem every firstborn among your sons. Here it talks about redeeming. First he said, every firstborn, sanctify every firstborn to me. Now he, now he says that you have to redeem the firstborn. Why you have to redeem the firstborn? It comes the explanation, continue. The explanation comes right there. Yeah. Uh, your child mm -hmm. may later ask you, what is this? What is this? Why, why redeeming the firstborn? You must answer him, with a show of power, God brought us out of Egypt, the place of save, slavery. When Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us leave, God killed all the firstborn in Egypt, man and beast alike. I therefore sacrifice to God all male firstborn, uh, firstling animals, and redeem all the firstborn of my sons. That's it. Here is the explanation. Because God saved the firstborn sons in Egypt, because really, as the Medrash puts it, the Satan came to God and he said, why are you spurring the Jewish firstborn? <coughs> are they better than the Egyptian? They are idol worshippers and they are idol worshippers. Then God said they will have to deserve it. And what, what made the, the Jewish people deserve to be saved? They, when they slaughtered the lamb. Slaughtering the lamb means slaughtering the, the, Egyptian, the God of the Egyptian, of Egypt that they denied the idol worshipping that they were doing. That alone made them deserve the miracle. You understand? Then here at the story of, the, of Egypt, that was the, that's the main reason for the mitzvah of Pidyon Ben. Why we have to, the, God says, they, they belong to me, I saved them. They belong to me, they are mine. Now how they redeem themselves? By paying, by, 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 by paying money, as you'll see later. Not only in this way it was, if you remember, what happened when the Egyptian firstborn heard of the news that they are going to die. It's written in the Medrash that when the, um, we, you know, we say, you know what we said, we say it in the, in the, the, there is a prayer with, we say it in the synagogue, Kilo Olam Chazdo, sent in the book of Psalms. Psalms. We say there, Mitzrayim Bifchoreem. God beat up the Egyptian with the firstborn. The Medrash says what happened when <coughs> the firstborn sons heard from the Jews that they're going to go out from Egypt because it's going to be the tenth plague of the firstborn. The firstborn of the Egyptians didn't want to die. And they believed already Moses after nine plagues. You know, you establish a credibility. If you nine times you were right, you believe that the tenth time will also come. They went and they fought, they tried to force the Egyptian army and police and the king to allow the Jewish people to go. The, the king didn't want to, Pharaoh didn't want to, there was a, a war between the Egyptian and the firstborn. That the firstborn and the Egyptian were fighting in the name of the Jewish people to beat up the Egyptian to allow the Jewish people to go. That again we see the connection of the firstborn. Then here we see that the firstborn son, because he was saved by God from Egypt, therefore, yes, he is dedicated, first of all, he's sanctified to God. That's what God says, Kaddish you have to sanctify the firstborn. And in the end of the story, you have to redeem him. Then here comes the whole concept of redeeming the firstborn son. That's the first time. Let's continue a little bit in the, in, the, in the journey of the Bible about the firstborn. It's amazing to see how many times it's written. Page 2, uh, 369, I'm sorry. Accepting authority is a little title down. You want to read? Yeah, okay. please. Do not. Do not curse the judges. Do not curse a leader of your people. Do not delay your offerings of newly ripened produce and your agricultural offerings. 
Give me the firstborn of your sons. Give me the firstborn of your sons. Right here. That's it. And right a minute later, he's speaking about uh, other things. But the, it's like, give me the first ri riping of the... We, we know that you have to bring the first fruit you have to bring to the temple. Bikurim. Right? Bechor means firstborn. Bikurim is the first. The same the idea is there is another idea in the giving, in the redeeming the firstborn is that the first belongs to God. Forget about the story with Egypt, even before the story of Egypt. The first, making a statement, the first you give to God. Like in the, the first food you give to God, the first food of your womb between you, between a couple, <coughs> the first you dedicate to God. But only a male. Only a male because, because only the male boys, according to the text, were dying <coughs> in Egypt. Okay. That's what, why it's only a male. And also from a technical point, the idea was that they should serve in the temple, as you're going to see in a minute. The idea was that every firstborn son will serve in the temple. In this way, the family will be connected to the temple. It's an amazing idea. Can you imagine that in the army, every firstborn son from every family goes to the army? Automatically, the whole nation is patriotic. Automatically, everybody supports the army. And more than that, is the f every, every family has an emotional connection to the army. It's their own child. One child from every family. That's it. You have five children? Go ahead. But first son goes to the army. Then in this way, if first son will go to the temple, the, he will be the role model for Judaism. He will, be the, he will bring Judaism to the home. Can you imagine that every family would send at least the first child to Jewish day schools? He will bring Judaism to the house, to world, to life. The same thing is here. Then, the, that's what he's talking about, the, the, first, the firstborn son. That's why the firstborn son more than the daughters. Where we see that the firstborn sons were actually serving in the beginning as a Kohen, we see it in the same parsha a little further. Here is on page 377. I'm sorry that I run with you from place to place, but that's how this mitzvah evolved. Here, this part is a description of the Jewish people preparing for Mount Sinai. Even it's written not in its place. This is a, few, a day or two before Mount Sinai. And it's written here that Moses offered sacrifices. If you read number four, you want to read number four? Moses wrote down all of God's words. He got up early in the morning and built an altar at the, at the foot of the mountain, along with 12 pillars for the 12 tribes of Israel. He sent the consecrated young men. He sent the consecrated young men to offer sacrifices, right? Among the Israelites. Israelites and they offered oxen as burnt offerings mm -hmm. and peace offerings to God. Okay, who are the young men that he's talking about? Let's see if he brings it in the note here. Concentrated young men, you see the little, little note in the bottom, 24-5? There were the firstborn. Go ahead. Who served as priests before Aaron's sons were chosen. Aha. Uh -huh. There were the firstborn. They served as priests. The idea was that the firstborns would be served in serving as priests. And here is the first time before Mount Sinai it was put to practice. Why, why was that? I mean, was this the custom of the Egyptians or others as to what you know, the firstborn became the... No, we, we see already priest. Jacob and Esau, I forgot. You, but we they see? weren't priests. So. No, it means the best you give to God. <laughs> the idea is the first and the best you give to God. If the firstborn is my first and my best, I give him to God. That's, that's the logic behind so he's it. The one that, was the whole, yes? that was the whole thing with the... Yeah, giving to God, God forbid, doesn't mean to do anything to him. <laughs> to dedicate him for the service of God. That was the whole thing with Cain and Abel, to give the best. To give. That's another thing, yeah. That's what with Cain and Abel. But now, especially after God already told in Egypt to Moses, sanctify the firstborn to me. What does it mean, sanctify to me? They should be my people. They sh they sh their life should be dedicated to godly things. Here it was an opportunity to do something godly. You have to choose somebody to go out offer the sacrifice. The whole nation cannot do it. The question is, who are you choosing? It was before the days of a Kohen and a Levi. Who, who should be the firstborn? They went. It makes sense on every level. Then we know here, so far we know, number one, that from day one, firstborns were 
favored by, by humanity, between Jacob and Esau, between Mephaim uh, and Asher. Then we see the story that God saved the firstborn, and now they become godly. Not only they were favored by people, God made a clear statement that the firstborn belong to me because I saved them. Therefore, they should redeem themselves. Now comes more than that. In the book of um, Numbers, Okay, page 673. Numbers starts with, no, why it's called Numbers? Because that was the counting of the Jewish people, right? Mm -hmm. We'll read in the top of page 673, number 39. The entire tally of the Levites was made by Moses and Aaron by families. There were 22,000 males over one month old. Over one, that's, by the way, all the other tribes were, were counted from the age of 20 to the age of 60, only male. Here, they came to the tribe of the Levite, they count every Levite from the age of one month. The Levite was the smallest tribe. Why was the Levite the smallest tribe? <coughs> what happened? It goes back to the, to the, the parsha of this week. We read in the parsha right in the beginning, that the Jewish people were suffering in Egypt, and the more they were tortured, the more children they had. The tribe of the Levites were never tortured. They were not slaves. If you don't slaves, you don't have the extra blessing. It goes both ways. If you don't have the suffering, you don't have the extra blessing. Therefore, they were a small tribe. Why were they not selected as slaves? It's a whole other story because in, in Egypt was respect to the priests. And they were all, all considered a spiritual tribe, if you want. Even though they'd been the, kind of the, uh, the uh, enforcers, you might say? Only Levi himself. Uh -huh. But uh, they were the spiritual tribe. And, and, J and Joseph respected the priest, right? He gave them... It's a whole other story. In any case, they were 22,000 males. Now, let's continue to read the text. God said... God said to Moses, make a tally of the male firstborn among the Israelites who are over one month old and take a census of their names. Also from one month old. He counted the, the, the Levites from one month old. Now he says count the firstborn sons from one month old. Okay. Go ahead, continue. Take the Levites to me, I am God, in place of all the Israelite male firstborn. Ah, take the Levites to me instead of the all firstborn. In the beginning, God said, when they left Egypt, God said, sanctify all the firstborn. So to speak, the firstborn, the agenda was the firstborn will be the priest of God. He, he replaces them, right? What is it? Okay, continue. Also, take the Levites' animals in place of the Israelites' firstborn animals. Okay, continue. Moses made a tally of all the firstborn male Israelites as God had commanded him. According to the number of their names, the tally of all the firstborn over one month old was 22,273. Unbelievable. 22,000 Levites and all the firstborn of the old Jewish people were only 22,273. Now we'll take a little break here and explain you why is it like this? Why so little? The whole nation was 600,000 male, right? And only 22,000 firstborn? And from the age of one month. That 600,000 men uh, that was from the age of 20 to 60. Firstborn was from the day of one month old. That should, should be a whole... A lot more. Because a firstborn, if the goal is first, it's not considered a firstborn. Number one. If there was a miscarriage first, it's not considered the firstborn. It's called Peterechem, the first of the womb. It's not the first of the womb. If it was a C-section, that's Jewish law today, C-section, you're not allowed, then you cannot do a pidyon abem because it didn't come out naturally. In today, then when you go, you, now in today, the law is also, it's replaced with a coin or a Levi. If the person, if the firstborn is a coin or a Levi, you don't have to replace him because he's, 
you don't have to redeem him because he's actually serving in the temple, so to speak. He's ready to serve. If the mother of the baby is a daughter of a Kohen or a Levi, again, you don't have to do this. Then they say there is 30% of children, of, of families have a firstborn son, and maybe even less. Look around. Now, how often you, you hear about the pigeon of Ben? Very real. But you, it's a boy first? Boy first. But you, it's a yeah, boy first. Yeah, you had a pigeon of Ben? Yeah. But you, it's a boy first? Are you? No. no. Are you? Boy. boy. C-section. C-section. No, no boy. By me, it was a girl first. You understand what I'm saying? Here, it's, it's unusual to have three boys first. <laughs> but most of the cases, there is, I can tell you, everybody I know, really, you have a boy. You have a, you have, you have, you have, a, you, have, you, have a, you have a boy first when it wears all the rules that, that, that can uh, apply to it. Therefore, there were only 22,273 firstborn and the 22,000 Levites to replace them. But there is a problem. We have 273. Oh, there is nobody to replace them. Right? Mm-hmm. Levites, we have exactly 22,000. Firstborn, we have 22,273. What do you do with it? Let's see what God said. Mark, God spoke to Moses saying. God said to Moses, make a tally of the male firstborn among the Israelites. Who are, oh, we already read that, right? No, no, no we didn't. Go or, ahead. Over one month old. And take a census of the names. Take uh, the Levites to me. I am God. In place of all the no, Israelites. Where were you reading? <laughs> Number 44. 44 in the bottom. Substituting the Levites. Okay. Oh, I see. God spoke. To, I thought God spoke to Moses, saying, "Take the Levites in place of all the male firstborn Israelites. Also, take the Levites' uh, livestock in place of the Israelites' firstborn animals. The Levites uh, thus shall thus become mine. I am God. Also, take a, uh, a, a uh, redemption for the two hundred seventy-three individuals by which the firstborn outnumber the Levites." Here comes the idea. The first uh, 2,273, you should uh, you should redeem them. This shall be five shekels for each individual according to the uh, sanctuary standard where the shekel is 200 gerars. Mm-hmm. Given, give the uh, silver to Aaron and his sons as a redemption for the firstborn who are in excess of the Levites. Okay, then God says, here is the deal. The 273 people were left to pay. Here is the first time we read a number. Until now... God said in the book of Exodus, you should redeem them. He didn't say for how much. It's not written in the book of Exodus for how much. Here in the book of Numbers, it's written the first time how much you have to pay for firstborn. Five shekels. And as we learned already, we are scholars. We know that the five shekels was the amount of uh, Rachel. Uh, they sold Joseph, Joseph for five shekels. For the shoes. And Joseph was the firstborn of Rachel. To atone for this sin of, the, of selling a firstborn of Rachel, we are paying every redeeming our firstborn for five shekels. Am I confused? Or wasn't it 20 shekels? It was 20 silver mind. coins. Okay. And the 20 silver coins is the worth of five shekels. Gotcha. Yes. Every, silver, every four silver coin is one shekel. So it's five shekels. Yes. When and you redeem the boy, where the money goes? I'll get to it. Get to it. Let's see. We'll read, continue to read. We'll see. You read it. Go ahead. 49? Yeah, 49, 49. Moses took the redemption money for those... No, no, I'm sorry. Go read 48. That's the answer. Give the silver to Aaron and his sons as a redemption for the firstborn who are in excess of the Levites. Give it to the Aaron and sons. Give it to the coin. Straight. <coughs> Simple and clear. Mm-hmm. Give it to the coin. That's the answer. We, what do you do with the money? Mm-hmm. Now, the problem is, everyone will say, I have a Levite to replace me. There is 22,000 Levites, right? You come to a regular firstborn, you say, give me five shekels. He says, no, I have him to replace me. He's replacing me, he's replacing me. Everyone will come and grab a Levite. There'll be no end to it. And Moses knew that with, this, with the Jewish people, you'll never get anywhere. You can fight until today, they were still fighting. <laughs> and what he did, he made a raffle. Rashi says he made a raffle. He took 22,000 notes and he wrote on every note, Ben Levi, Levi. And 273 notes, white, empty. And he put a big box 
and he told every firstborn in the Jewish people to come and take out a paper. Written Levi, go home. White, you have to pay the fifth shekel, five shekels. So, so who are we paying today? Now that they're, uh, uh, now they're no official Aaron uh, uh, or at least they're no official coins. Uh, you know, Bob's looking very, very excited about this. But, uh, what do you mean there's no official coins? Every coin, we buy it to a coin. Okay. What do you mean? So that, uh, well, that, that's why Bob's looking pretty excited. Yeah, 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 yeah He's going to be in higher profession. <laughs> don't, don't leave your day job. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Now, my son has done that. Yeah, I'm sure, sure. yeah. So, so what happens? I mean, there's a... Oh, how you do it? You, you, you find a coin and yeah. pay them? It yeah. goes more. It's a whole ceremony. <laughs> it's written in the text. You get a coin. You make a big party. And you give you, and the coin is asking you, what do you want better? The Israel, the Israel, the father of the child says, my son, my Israelite wife, bore me, gave me a firstborn son. And the coin is asking him, what do you want better? The five shekels? Or the firstborn son? It's a rhetorical question because you have to give five shekels even if you don't want to. You say something, father says, you know, okay, take, take him home until father feels two years, then I'll take him back. <laughs> you, you wake up in the middle of the night for him, I don't need it. Enjoy it. The, the rhetorical question is what's more important to you, your child or your money? Business or your, or your family? That's a real question. What comes first? And the father says, I want my firstborn, and here is the money. And he gives him the five shekels in his hand. And then the Kohen, says, the father says a blessing. Um, to, to redeem the firstborn. Then he says, Shechiano. Why we say Shechiano by a priest, by, by a Pidyona Ben, and we don't say Shechiano by a priest? We'll leave it to the end of the class. Give you time to think. In any case, they, that's not the only time, the end of the story with the firstborn. Now, why, why God is replacing here? He says, I take the replacement of the firstborn, the Levites, instead, instead of the firstborn. God explains that in a little bit further. Um, Excuse me, the, the five shekels. Yes, is yes. that like Israeli shekels right now? Or? No, it's a hundred gram of silver. The worth of a hundred gram of silver. Um, one ounce, somebody told me it's like four ounces. One ounce today is like $25. It's a $100 worth. Okay. The, the things that we use, there is the $1 silver coin yes, from 19, the old ones. The yeah. old ones will really add the amount oh, so of silver yeah. that you need. Here you go. Then if five of them is more than 100 grams. It's perfect. Yeah. Then when you have these old coins, then you have five, five coins. And then you have it. Now on page 705, again we go to speak about the Levites and the, and the, and the, and the firstborn. 705, number 15. Who's supposed to read? Um, I think it's you, excuse me. Oh, it's me. After you have purified them and designated them as a wave offering, the Levites shall come to perform the service in the communion tent. They are given to me from among the Israelites in place of the firstborn that initiate the womb of all the Israelites. I have taken them from myself. This is because all firstborn of the Israelites are mine, man and beast alike. I sanctified them for myself on the day that I killed all the firstborn in Egypt. I have now taken the Levites in place of all the firstborn Israelites, and I have given the Levites as a gift from the Israelites to Aaron and his descendants. <coughs> They shall henceforth perform the service for the Israelites in the communion tent and atone for the Israelites. Then here God says the old story. I have taken the, the firstborn Israelites because became sanctified to me because I saved them in Egypt. Since then they owe me one. They became, they belong to me. I saved their life. I spared the life. They, I spared it. They owe the life to me. And I am doing the Levites are replacing the Israelites that the Israelites should not get to, to the temple. Why are the Israelites, why, why are the, 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 the Levites rep replacing the Israelites? Because of the golden calf. By the golden calf, right? The first bones, every, every tribe had representative who worshiped the golden calf one way or another. 
The only tribe that did not worship the golden calf was the Levites. As we see it, um, page 453 for a moment. Number 26. Um, I have time. Go ahead. Number 26. Mm-hmm. Okay. Moses stood up at the camp's entrance and announced, Whoever is for God, join me. All the Levites gathered around him. He said to them, This is what God, Lord of Israel, says. Let each man put on his sword and go from one gate to the other in the camp. Let each one kill all those involved in the idolatry, even his own brother, close friend, or Okay, relative. the point is that I want to make is that the, the, all the Levite tribes came to him. None of them was a part of the golden calf. Then God said, a, a tribe that had some people participating in the golden calf in one way or another cannot serve me. And the firstborn lost the right. And instead, he took the Levites. That means the firstborn or the Levites won. Therefore, the firstborn paid the Levites, so to speak, five, five shekels. They have to redeem themselves. The next time that's written even more clear is on page 753. Six, as 13 times is the mitzvah of Pidion of Ben, why one way or another mentioned in the Bible. How many? 13 times. Unbelievable. Oh, wow. Well, that has to be connected to the... Uh, the Obviously, 13 is a famous number. On page 753, um, if you want, just to confuse you a little more, we'll go to 751, number 6 in the bottom of number 6. Start, is there a significance to silver? Or is it just Why money? silver? Yeah. Joseph represents love. Silver represents love. What white? White silver Kesef. Kesef represents love. Um, yeah, it represents the love between God to the Jewish people. That's why silver, maybe. What gold represents? More dinner. Gold is more gvura, more, more uh, discipline, um, judgment. Kesef, uh, silver represents love. It's even a whole discussion about having by a wedding, some people were so really want to like to have a silver, a silver, a silver ring because it represents love more than gold. But the custom is to have gold. The law is gold. That's the custom, and that's it. You leave it by that. Don't take it home. But there is something about it. Then the page seven fifty one number six. I have thus taken your brethren, the Levites, from among the other Israelites as a gift to you. They are given over to God to perform the communion tent service. The day were given over. Now we'll turn to page 753. Number 15. The first fruits of the womb that must be presented to God among man and beast shall be yours. However, you must redeem the firstborn humans as well as the firstborn of unclean animals. The redemption of a firstborn human male from one month old shall be made with the usual endowment of five shekels by the sanctuary standard where the shekel is <laughs> 20 gerahs. Here it's written clear, you have to redeem the first bone and you have to do it with five shekels, right? The first bone human, that's how you, you redeem them from, from, from God. It's interesting, you have the firstborn humans and in the same sentence, the firstborn of unclean animals. Right. It's a little strange. Yeah, it's a it's a mitzvah of the of the unclean animals. Yeah, well, not Zen, all of them. Been, not all of them. I think only only a donkey. I understand, but it just seems very strange because you'd think it'd be a separate sentence to separate. It's connected and makes a connector. Why is the that we know that which 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 donkey is being redeemed? I mean, only animal the non-kosher animal is the donkey. Why the donkey? One more chance. 
Moshe wrote on one. That, uh, Getting written. closer. And also, supposedly, Moshiach will write in on one or something, no? Why did not get closer with Moshe? It's written that the Jewish people, when they left Egypt, they carried on the donkeys all the goods that they had. Because when they took a lot of goods from Egypt, and by the, then to pay off the donkeys for the service that they gave to the Jewish people, God made this mitzvah for redeeming the, don- the firstborn donkey. And you redeem it with a se. A se is a lamb. What's a se? Then you redeem it one, one another. Then here we see, so far, we, got, we covered the whole Bible story about the firstborn. That's everything that's written in the Bible about the firstborn. And it's really amazing to see how much is written about the firstborn in the Bible. Most of the mitzvahs are written in one letter, in a half a letter, one time, never written. The firstborn son who is really a real mitzvah is written so many times. Why? Because the firstborn son represents the Jewish people. We are the firstborn son of Israel. And that brings that to the custom that we do it today. Here it says by one month old. When the child turns, they tarry you first. That's when you do, when you have full 30 days, the day 30 first, that's the time to do the ceremony, the, the, the pidyon aben. And the, what? What's your day? What's the day? What's the date? And probably the 6th of January. Then the, that's, the, the, and, uh, and uh, that's, that's when you do, what you, in the ceremonies, you take a coin, and you take the baby, you put him on a, on a, like on a, on a plate, on a tray, and you put them around, you decorate them with a lot of jewelry. All the women give their jewelry only for a few months, not forever. <laughs> but you ge- decorate them with jewelry because it's a big mitzvah. And the custom is that you put around the baby pieces of sugar. And then your people take sugar with them home for themselves. It's considered a, a merit to eat from, the, from this mitzvah. And you say a blessing over a cup of wine. And you do, you do this whole ceremony. It's a small ceremony. But you make a you make a you make a you make a seudas mitzvah a, a a mitzvah meal. You you sit down and you eat, and because it's it's a very real mitzvah, that's why it's we don't have it and people are cherishing this mitzvah. I mean, my brother-in-law Mendelevsky did it. Was I think in my in my wife's family probably was one of the very first who did it. Between one was a coin, the other one was a this. That is a it never almost never works out. And as I said before. The coin is asking the father, do you want the baby or you want, or you want the money? And the father says, I want the baby. And he gives them, he gives them the five shekels. And the, some coins later give back the money. That's okay, that's kosher. As long as you give him the money with willingly and with the mind that you give it away completely, that's kosher. And then we say the, the father, of the, father of, the, of, the, of the child says the Shekhyan. Why says Shekhyan we are not by a priest? Because by a breeze, somebody suffers. The baby suffers, therefore we cannot say Shekhyano. The joy is not completed. Yeah, yeah, Shekhyano, I'm so happy, I make a breeze. Yeah, is he so happy too? I'm not so sure if you would ask him. By a Pidyon Aben, everybody is happy. But why is Pidyon Aben so many times written? Because the Jewish people are the firstborn son of Israel. That's when we do when we, do a fil- when we redeem the firstborn son, we turn to God and we say to God, God, you should also redeem the firstborn son. We redeem him by paying five shekels. You, God, redeeming the firstborn son means to take him out from exile. God is the father of the baby, right? Of the Jewish people. We are the firstborn son Israel. That he also has to redeem us. Redeem us from exile. And then he can say that, that God, like the father of the, who has the obligation to do the filter to, to redeem the boy? The obligation is on the father. Let's say if somebody is 25 years old and he was never redeemed, the obligation, after the bar mitzvah, the obligation is of him. But until the bar mitzvah from one month old, it's not like if you miss the day, you miss the mitzvah. The earliest time you're obligated to do the mitzvah is by the day 31st. Then every throughout your life, no matter how old you are, until the last day of your life, and could be even later, that I don't know, I think I saw something about that, you have to do the firstborn, you have to redeem the firstborn son. 
Is that a yearly thing? Mm. You do that on a yearly basis? One or? time. Okay, okay. You buy him out from the coin. You redeem him. You pay five shekels and then... It means to say, if he is not paying the five shekels, is so to speak, dedicated only to godly things. He's allowed only to be a rabbi or, or somebody in the shul. Like him. If you want him to do... If he's working in the shul, he can even do the computers, whatever it is. If he's dedicated for godly, godly work. But, but, if, he's, but, but if, you, if you want him to do regular things, you have to pay the five, the five well, shekels. Wouldn't you, don't you, all your, everyone, you want to be uh, doing godly things. I'm talking, you, you, no matter what, you have to do the mitzvah. We say it's in general, in essence, if you wouldn't do this, the person is not, is like, is dedicated to God. He cannot do other job, other work. Is is uh, is who in Jewish history dedicated his firstborn? Oh, Hannah. Hannah dedicated his firstborn son Samuel. She actually said, "I'll bring him to God." As a, and then the rest of her kids, she didn't dedicate to God, but she bought Samuel and she dedicated him to God. That's what she did. And but the rest of us don't do it, and because we don't do it, we have to we have to give the five shekels. Now, the interesting thing, another thing about the selling of Joseph, the Tesla connection to the old Jewish people, is when the Jewish people, when the ten brothers got the five shekels, right? How many each brother got? From the ten shekels, five shekels, you divide it to ten brothers. How much each one got? Half a shekel. There is the mitzvah of giving a half a shekel every year to the temple. Then there is, for the firstborn son, we pay what was paid for a firstborn. Every year, we atone for what we got, so to speak. Every individual got a half a shekel. That there are two mitzvahs in the Jewish people. Both of them are to atone for the story of the... It's written in the Medrash also, that the whole reason why we were enslaved in Egypt. We are the firstborn son of God, Right? Why were we enslaved in Egypt? Because we sold a firstborn to be a slave. That to atone for selling a firstborn as a slave, all of us were enslaved in Egypt. All the Jewish people were slaves in Egypt because of this story. Because the brothers sold them, you know, they took a firstborn and they put them as a slave. Now all the firstborn had to be slaves. Then the whole, the whole story of Pidion and Ben, the whole thing about a firstborn started with, with Joseph. Which selling Joseph, then the Jewish people, then we became firstborn, and then he got saved the firstborn son, the Jewish people in Egypt, and the whole thing was evolved from this. And you do one bad thing, look how far you have to, how much you have to pay for it. But on the other end, it came out the good side. We are the firstborn son of, of God. Firstborn son of God means we are we are we are number one, that we have the obligation of being a role model like a firstborn son in a family. That's the obligation of every firstborn son. Thank you. Thank you.